Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. I'm Dave Kovar, and let's get started. The title of today's uh, podcast is Challenging Your Limiting Beliefs. Now, I've touched on uh, this subject a bit before. It's probably one of my favorite subjects to talk about, as a matter of fact. But, you know, we all have a series of beliefs or mindsets about how the world works and how we work in it. Uh, uh, unfortunately, we don't usually pick our mindsets. They usually pick us. We get them from the environment that we were raised in, the education receiver, the experiences we have. And some of our mindsets are powerful, and they serve us well, but others, not so much. And so what I I want to do is I want to talk a bit about limiting beliefs. I want to go through kind of the, the different categories of limiting beliefs, what they look like, and then I want to talk about how you can overcome these. And uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, uh, from there, about limiting questions, questions that we ask ourselves, these are the wrong questions. And then we're going to talk about how to replace those with empowering questions. We're going to talk about justifying statements and then empowering statements. And then I'm going to kind of run you through some morning and evening questions as well. So to begin with, uh, you know, a limiting belief is a belief that keeps us from being more, you know, doing more, experiencing more. Most limiting beliefs fall into these categories. So, for example, that's just the way the world works. That would be one category. So an example of that would be, you know, airplane travel is dangerous. People are dishonest. Good things never happen to me. That would be kind of one kind of that's what happens to that's just the way the world works. That would be one phase. Another one would be I can't. As in, I can't figure out how to work a computer. I can't dance. I can't play baseball. Just where you automatically assume that you can't do something. Another one is is an I am or I am not. Like, I am not an artist or I am a slow learner. That's a, a, a belief that somewhere we've maybe programmed into us, right? Or another one might be an I do or I don't. Yeah, I don't make friends easy. I do gymnastics, you know, which infers, man, you know, someone says, oh, do you want to dance? No, I do gymnastics, which infers you couldn't dance, right? Or something like that. Uh, another one, what others are or are not like, oh, he is shelf selfish and she doesn't like me. Uh, so kind of others are and then a blank statement about the two of those. And those are some samples of some limiting beliefs, right? Um, our usually, uh, once again, our limiting beliefs are usually shaped by our experience or environment or education, by, by fear, by bad logic, or sometimes just the need to, to find an excuse, right? So what is the key to overcoming a limiting belief? Well, it can be a seriously challenging process, especially, you know, if you've been defending, you know, a belief for a long time. And I'm, I'm amazed by how many really intelligent people really fiercely defend, you know, their beliefs, right? When they, they kind of know uh, intellectually that maybe that's not the, the best way to think, but emotionally they're just kind of drawn in. They've done it so long they want to defend that habit, right? And, uh, but it's totally possible, to, to overcome your limiting beliefs if you're willing. And here are some steps that will help the process. Now, I'm going to go through these. Uh, you know, we're going to take a few minutes here and, and, and it's going to feel like, a, you, you know, I don't want to make light of this because this is, these are the steps, uh, that I can go through in five minutes, but they, they take a long time to get through. And I, but the first thing, step number one in overcoming limiting beliefs is to be clear on what your limiting beliefs are. And you might have a whole bunch of them. You might have a few, right? And, and, and let's say, for example, that your limiting belief is, uh, I tend to believe that most, and by the way, I don't, this is not one of my beliefs, but let's just say that, that I, I don't trust anybody. I think people are dishonest. Can't trust anybody, right? That's kind of what comes out of my mouth. Okay. That would be a limiting belief, right? So the first thing would be try to trace its origin. When did you originally start believing that? Maybe I had an uncle one time was when I was a little kid that uh, told me that. And, you know, something happened. He said, Dave, one thing for sure, you can't trust anyone. And for some reason, man, I was, I was connected to him at the time. And, and, uh, uh, and, uh, so I just decided, okay, 
uh, that, that must be the truth. And then maybe it was reinforced because maybe two weeks later, man, I was at the grocery store with my best friend. And when no one's looking, I looked and I saw him steal candy and put it in his pocket. And, you know, and later on he said, everybody does it, you know, everybody does it or something. So now that reinforced what my uncle said. So now I've got this belief that that's plugged in. Okay. So that the next step, so step number three, so number one is be clear on it. Number two is try to trace its origin. Number three is recognize its falsehood and think of specific instances that you can prove it wrong. So now what I, once I realize, okay, that's not a powerful belief. And then I might go back and think of all the times when I've seen people be honest or that I've been honest, right? Uh, uh, and, uh, and so for example, one of the, a great quote, I think it's come attributed to Abe Lincoln is that I would trust, I would, I, I would, I'd rather trust often and be occasionally dis- disappointed than be uh, doubt everyone and be forever suspicious. Right? I, I just love that line. Somehow that ties into the concept of of uh, you know this limiting belief of of be- thinking people are dishonest. Okay, and so. Uh, decide upon a, a new, more empowering belief that you can get behind. That generally speaking, people are honest, right? And I, I believe that 100% to be true, right? I mean, obviously, you know, that not everybody's honest all the time. But for the most part, uh, you know, I've more than one time, I've lost something that was fully returned to me. One time, I, um, uh, as a matter of fact, my, my son and I were skiing just a, a few months ago. And uh, what do you know? He loses his wallet on the ski hill. And of course, we're back at our car. And of course, we're, you know, he's stressing over it. I'm worried about it as well. And it's, you know, you got your credit cards and he had a couple hundred dollar cash in there and, and, and whatnot. So, you know, anyway, we, we go back. We have to go back. We're already in the car. We have to take this tram to get back. Long story short, what do you know? We go to Lost and Found. We ask someone. She goes, um, she pulls out and there's his wallet complete with money and everything. Right. And you guys, so there's plenty of examples that you can, you could back up that, that, you know, that people are mostly honest. Right. And so the next step, step number six is going forward, act as if this is your belief until it becomes so. So next time you catch yourself thinking, well, you, you assume maybe you, you swing the pendulum to just go out of your way to believe that people are honest. Right. And then here's the kicker. This is the super important one. The final step is continuously look for opportunities to prove your new belief. Right. And so otherwise what happens is, is, you know, you guys are probably seen that gotten this example before, but right now, if you were to look around the room that you're in, if you're driving, uh, uh, you know, be, you know, be careful where you're looking, maybe look out the window, look for something you can see that's yellow right now. Go ahead. Seen any yellow? All right. Now, if you can close your eyes, if you're driving, don't close your eyes, but if you can close your eyes, tell me everything you saw that was in the shape of a circle. You probably didn't see any circles because you were looking for yellow. So here's the key. You look for opportunities to, 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 to prove that new empowering belief. Right. And so that, that's, uh, like I said, you, you know, first thing is identifying the belief. Okay. And then tracing where it came from and recognizing that it's false and then deciding on a new belief that's going to work better. Find examples of how that belief makes sense. Act like that's your belief and then look for opportunities to reinforce it. Those are the seven steps. It sounds simple. I know it's not, but real valuable tools should you so desire to, to pursue that. So, um, I'm going to go through a sample of limiting beliefs and which one, if any, do you identify with? Okay, man, I've always been a procrastinator. It's just who I am. Uh, I can't function if I wake up early. I've never been able to finish anything. Uh, I'm just super unorganized. I've got to eat meat to survive. Sorry, guys. I just had to throw that one in. Uh, I'm just not a good speaker. I'm a terrible cook. I always get sick in wintertime. Everyone does. Hey, man, life is always hard. You know, I just can't seem to save any money. I don't trust anyone. 
So those are some limiting beliefs. And I would challenge you, you know, chances are you might have some other ones. But if any of those kind of rang true for you, uh, do they serve you well? And by the way, um, you know, sometimes, uh, obviously, uh, knowing that, that the stove is hot, that's not a limiting belief. That's a reality. And, you know, that you got to be careful of that. I mean, I mean... Uh, some of the beliefs you have serve you well, they keep you safe, but some work against you. And that's the tricky part to figure out what they are. But the key thing is when you find yourself um, either thinking or a statement coming out of your mouth that you catch yourself, wow, that was pretty limiting. That's kind of a good place to start. So let's think about um, uh, specifically kind of some limiting beliefs. Let's just say that you're in business. So for me, of course, as you know, my business is teaching martial arts. So here's some limiting beliefs that I've seen that you might have if you're, I know a lot of martial artists tune into to the, my podcast here. And it, there's no way that person, by the way, in any sales, this would apply. There's no way that person is going to be able to afford our tuition. How many times have I uh, had somebody come into the, to, to my school and uh, I've taken a look at them and decided ahead of time that they couldn't afford them my tuition only for them to open up their wallet and you know, pay in cash for a year or something along that lines, right? So that would be a limiting belief. Uh, you know, and then now you've got, maybe you've got a child that you're coming in that you're teaching that, man, maybe is uncoordinated, has really poor attention. I'm never going to be able to turn this kid around and get him to pay attention. Well, how many times have I had someone that I looked at and I thought, wow, this is going to be interesting. This person's going to be challenging. Or maybe I thought that, then what do you know? I ended up being a pretty, they ended up being a pretty good student, right? Or, or you know, uh, there just isn't enough time to connect with all my students, all my clients, you know? <sighs> I, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I just don't know how to talk to parents. Yeah. So those are all limiting beliefs. And what you do when you do that is you, you're like, you're, like you're, you're saying there's no room for improvement. It's kind of like, you know, having that, that, that fixed mindset versus that growth mindset. So now I want to go through, I hope I'm not depressing you so far. I want to go through what's called limiting questions now. And these are questions you ask yourself that really, uh, uh, help you, you know, limiting questions basically usually stem from a limiting belief and they help to perpetuate that belief. So here's some examples. Oh, why does this always happen to me? See, what are you doing? When you ask yourself a question like that, your unconscious is going to circle and, you know, give you some reason because you're an idiot, because you, you know, you have no common sense. It's going to reinforce that, that limiting belief. Or how many bad days can one person have? Well, I guess you could have a lifetime of them. You know, that, that's, that, you know, it might be that that might be the response your unconscious gives you. Is every student I teach uncoordinated? Why can't people be happier? Why am I always sick? How come I always have such bad luck? See, all those are limiting questions and they don't, they don't really help you come up with a solution. So what's the key to a, an empowering question is a question that you ask that assumes there's a solution. Uh, you know, I've talked about this before, but I think it's so important. Always state your challenge in the form of a question that assumes there's an answer, right? It assumes there's a solution. So here's some examples. Man, you're not feeling what? How can I use this sick time wisely? Or of course, a lot of stuff going on right now. How can I use this time in, in eternity wisely with all the stuff, the crisis that's going on right now? What can I do to never have this bad thing happen again, right? What can I do to never, uh, you know, burn my hands on the fireplace again, right? Okay, so that's, that, that kind of a question is going to give you an answer. Uh, how can, as a teacher, how can I improve my ability to work with challenging students? Uh, 
What can I do to, uh, today to improve my health? What can I do today to improve my finances? What can I do to, today to improve my relationships? You guys get the idea. Because what that is, when you ask a question like that, that's an empowering question that gets you, uh, it gets your unconscious really searching and looking towards answers. Um, so you, you get the idea. So that the key thing is, once again, is to, is to position your questions, your challenges in the form of a question that assumes there's an answer. And I'll tell you what, that's a life changer. A life, life changer. I'd like to say that I've been doing this, you know, a big chunk of my life. But I got to say the last couple of years, you know, when this kind of phrase kind of came into fold for me. And I uh, now that I do that on purpose, it's massive. It makes a big difference. All right. I want to switch gears. I want to talk about justifying statements. So justifying statements, we hear them all the time, are used to justify our action when deep down inside we know that we might be wrong. So an example would be, well, everyone else does it. You know, uh, you know, I'll work out hard twice tomorrow. I don't have to today. You know, in 10 years, it's not going to matter if I have this ice cream now. Uh, no one's going to notice. Uh, I don't feel like it right now. So one of the things about justifying statements are is that, you know, uh, who's the boss of you? Are you the boss of you? Or are your I don't feel like it's I don't want tos I don't have tos uh, the boss of you you know and justifying statements what that does is that allows your the weaker version of yourself right you know that that little voice inside your head that keeps you from being all you can be it it empowers that and and so the key thing is when you catch yourself saying some justifying statement man boof back off. And so the first step to eliminating a justifying statement is to try to train your brain to be aware of when you say them, right? So here's some, some samples. Now, by the way, empowering statements, these would line up to the mastery mindsets. And if you've listened to any podcast before, I've talked about them a lot, right? You know, I have so much to be thankful for. Uh, this challenge will make me stronger. I remain calm even in challenging situations. My word is law. Most of you guys are familiar with these. Well, I'm going to add a few more to you as well for you. So... I love this statement. So I use this all the time when I'm somewhere and maybe there's a lot of junk food around, right? And I know I shouldn't be eating it. And and if I just try to simply, there's, let's say I like chocolate cake and there's chocolate cake. By the way, if you like chocolate cake, have chocolate cake. Just try not to have it, a lot of it all the time. That's all, right? You limit your portions, right? But let's just say I made a pact. Like for me, I try to stay away from my, I, I don't eat a lot of dessert during the week. Uh, you know, that's something I kind of, I try to eat pretty clean during the week. And on weekends, I might relax a little bit. Let's just say I show up somewhere and it's a Thursday. I'm at a party. By the way, I told myself ahead of time I'm at a luncheon that I'm going to eat clean, right? So I've got one of the things that's really important is that you you know your rules so you know how to be successful. You're very clear on what you're, you're going to do, right? And so uh, you show up and what do you know? There's chocolate cake and it's the it's the recipe from your friend and you love this recipe whenever and, and, and like you start feeling sorry for yourself like, oh, I should be able to take that chocolate cake and oh man, I deserve it. And oh, you know, if that's what goes on in your head, chances are you're going to end up eating the chocolate cake. But here's the issue. You're not going to enjoy it because you're going to feel guilty when you do it. And afterwards, you're going to regret it, right? Uh, unless you, unless ahead of time you are like, you, you know, you give yourself permission, then you enjoy it wholeheartedly. But this is what the mantra that I use. It's an empowering statement. It goes like this. Being healthy and fit feels better than that tastes. So I'll take a look at that chocolate cake and I'll think to myself, being healthy and fit feels better than that tastes. And man, it's a powerful statement that that gives me control over that chocolate cake. All right. So something bad happens. You know, that, oh, man, you know, your, your car doesn't start or, you know, I, 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 one of the ones that pops out of my head is that everything happens for a purpose and it serves me. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I know that when I have that mindset, it gets me to be more solution oriented. All right. How can I benefit from this? Something happens. How can I turn this into a benefit? 
uh, that's that's a really you know a, a powerful statement as well. And you know one of the things right now is is, is that's going on is one would be is how can I uh, create maximum benefit for my community and my family during this time of crisis? That's a really empowering statement right now. Okay. Uh, Another one is everything unfolds beautifully for me. That's part of my daily mantra. Everything unfolds beautifully for me. Now, you know, that's just, uh, uh, and I have a, you know, uh, I, it's evolved. It used to be often slip, sometimes fall, and meaning like very, I, I pride myself on having good balance. I don't know that I really have good balance, but I believe that I have good balance, and I think that has an effect. And many times I've slipped and almost fall. And so now it's occasionally slip, never fall, meaning literally and then figuratively, metaphorically speaking. That, hey, every now and then something's going to goof up, but, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be able to maintain my, I'm always going to land on my feet, so to speak. And that's just a belief that I have. Uh, uh, and, and having that belief gets me to focus more on solutions. And so I want to switch gears and I want to talk about the morning questions. Now, these morning questions uh, that I'm going to talk through, I got these 30 years ago from Tony Robbins, and they're really powerful. And I don't use these morning questions exactly this in this order anymore. However, um, I do a version of them, but I'm just going to... So here's the deal. When you're asking these questions, the whole idea is to set your day, right? Your intention. And we've talked about uh, that morning routine really well, but to kind of set your thought process. And so I'm going to go through. So they are, what am I most happy about in my life right now? What am I most happy about? And the key thing is not to do these superficially, but to really think through it. And and what I try to do when I go through these, I try to make them different every day. And what happens then, if I ask you a question, what are you most happy about? And you really take time. to No, I really want to know what you're most happy about. You really think through it. Guess what's going to happen? Your mind is going to search, well, I'm happy about this and I'm happy about that, but I'm happier about this. And no, but you know what I'm most, what it does, it gets you to focus on all the things you're happy about. And it has, it's kind of like your brain is going through this file of all the things that you're happy about. And, and it really has an amazing effect with you. The next one is, what am I most excited about in my life right now? What am I most proud of in my life right now? What am I most grateful for in my life right now? That's probably the most important one in my opinion, by the way. What am I most committed to do in my life? What am I most committed to in my life right now? And and the final one is, you know, who do I love who loves me? That's a really kind of a very powerful a series of questions. And if you spend a few minutes, like literally a minute on each one of those, yes, it's six minutes, but I'll tell you what, it's really going to set your pace. And and a couple questions for the evening that are really powerful that I do most evenings. Of course, with the schedule being a little bit different in this time, uh, in, in, in April, the early part of April 2020 with the coronavirus in full swing, everybody's schedule has been thrown off a little bit, as has mine. However, normally my, my evening questions is, is what did I learn today? How did I contribute? What could I have done better? And what this does, what did I learn today, gets you to go back through the day, right? And good judgment comes from bad judgment remembered. And when you when you go back through that day, you actually like, what did I learn? Boom. Well, just think through the day. It's amazing, you know? How did I contribute? Because I think that's just, oh, yeah, I did help. And it reminds you to do it more, right? And what could I have done better? Which is always a question. Is if you repay today, what went well? What could you have done better? Because guess what? Tomorrow morning, you get a second chance to do it again. So those are my thought processes, guys, today. I hope you found it valuable. I appreciate you guys that tune in every month. I get great feedback on this from my friends. And and if you do enjoy uh, the podcast, please share it with other people. And I look forward to, uh, to talking to you soon.